Hey, Rebel. To say that I am over the moon excited to bring you this episode of the pod would be a bit of an understatement. Today, I am talking to one of my favorite entrepreneurs of all time. And she was one of the first people that I discovered when I started my business over eight years ago. And when I stumbled upon her website, I was like, who is this woman? And could I follow her to the ends of the earth? Because it was the kind of website where you knew instantly if you were in or out. You either loved her or you hated her. It was unlike anything I had ever seen before. So who is she? Well, she's Ash Ambridge of The Middle Finger Project. And today we are talking about being brave, following your most dangerous ideas, and why you should be causing problems in your business. And trust me, you'll want to grab your pen and your journal for this episode. So let me tell you a little bit about Ash in case you don't know her. She is an internet entrepreneur, creative writer, speaker, and advocate for women being brave and doing disobedient things with their careers and their lives. Her voice has been called the most memorable on the internet, original in a world with too little of it, not safe for work at all, and also really kind of sweary, which is definitely her favorite description. She is the founder of the Middle Finger Project, which is both the name of her Hallmark lifestyle book, as well as the title of her first book. And by the way, this episode is kind of sweary. So wear your earbuds if the little ones are around. So before we dive in to this interview, a quick word from our sponsor. Hey Rebel, I wanted to let you know the exciting news that you can now download the number one Amazon bestselling book, The Three Word Rebellion, to your Kindle. That way you can start working on your one-of-a-kind message right now. And the best part is that you'll have access to a special 57-page workbook that simulates the experience of having the physical book without having to wait for the postman to deliver it to you. Even better, there are two new three-word rebellion case studies to get your creative juices flowing. So go grab your copy at 3wrbook.com. That's the number 3wrbook.com. And you'll get the precise framework that calls in the right people, grows your business, and spreads your message throughout the world. Welcome to the Rebel Rising Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to trailblazing, rule-breaking business owners who want to reach more people, make a bigger impact, and earn more money by growing their business into a movement. And I'm Dr. Michelle Mazur, the instigator and creator of The Three Word Rebellion. Let's do this. Ash, welcome to the Rebel Rising podcast. I am so glad you're here. Michelle, how do we not know each other in real life yet? How? I know. I've been following you for years. You were the literally like one of the first people I discovered when I started my business eight years ago. Oh my God, has it been that long? Yes, it's been that long. 
Wow. Well, and your business for the record is one of my favorite businesses on the planet and one of the favorite people I've ever talked to about brand messaging as a whole. So I'm so glad you're still here. Me too. Me too. And I'm so excited to talk to you about your book, The Middle Finger Project, Trash Your Imposter Syndrome and Live the Unfuckwithable Life You Deserve. So congratulations on the book. I know that was a long project, long, hard fought project. Thank you. Congratulations on pronouncing unfuckwithable on first pass. <laughs> it did take a little practice, I'll, I'll say. I'll say. <laughs> Most people say un, unfuckable with is what they think it is. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, especially it seems so relevant now going, you know, with the, with the pandemic happening, is promoting yourself. Because in the book, you talk about the fact that Brad Pitt still has to promote his movies. So you're always going to have to promote your business. How do you think we should approach promoting ourselves with the pandemic going on, with a recession most likely happening right now? Do it with some sensitivity, but I feel like it's still this really necessary thing. Yeah. I mean, first of all, if anybody out there knows Brad Pitt, I would rush over there and make out with him really fast before he marries somebody else. That would be my first step. Good call. <laughs> right? I mean, I've been thinking about this. Um, <laughs> my second step, I think we need to trash the word promotion mm. and promoting any kind of iteration of that word. I think we need to throw that one out because I think it just, it carries way too much baggage for it yes. to do us any good. I think, right? That word is just, there's nothing good about that word. No, nobody likes mm -hmm. that word. You're right. Uh, right? Nobody likes to promote and nobody likes to be promoted to. So I think the first step is to actually get rid of that word. And instead, I would really like to encourage all of us to replace it with the word helping. Because nobody ever hired anybody to be unhelpful. So therefore, what you are doing when you are <laughs> P-word promoting is actually just reaching out and saying to someone, hey, here's what I do. Do you want my help? And during a pandemic or otherwise, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's actually one of the most generous things we can be doing. That is such a great reframe. Yeah. Like, do you want my help? Do you? <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> That's all we're all doing with the work that we, we put out into the world. And then it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm being selfish by offering what I do to people. No, it's a really great thing. And, you know, the exchange of financial compensation is a necessary evil because that's kind of what you get out of the deal. But it allows you to free up your time and your resources to reach out and give that person some help. So whatever it is that you do right now, I think there's a great opportunity to help the people that you serve. You can reach right out to them today and say, hey, listen, times are tough. Um, do, do you need my help right now? What do you got? I'm on it. Let me know. And come at it from this approach of being earnestly eager to help someone instead of, hey, like, you want to buy my stuff? <laughs> well, and the way I think about it right now is that if you are still able to sell, 
like you should be doing it because it keeps money circulating in our economy because there are a lot of people like my hairstylist who can't actually do what she does because she's trapped in her house and the government isn't letting her do what she normally does to make money. And so I feel so privileged that I can still sell and and serve and help people and make offers like that. So I just feel like, okay, I'm going to do my duty and like circulate money in the economy and help the economy grow. I love that. Yeah, I love that. And you know what else I think is true is simply that when someone else buys something from you, you know how they get that that really initial like just surge of hope that courses through their veins because they feel like they've finally taken action on this really important thing that they haven't been taking action on and now they feel hopeful like okay i'm i'm still doing it i'm still showing up i think that that's actually cool too to be mm-hmm. able to have that right that to to produce that in someone else and say look we're still doing the damn thing everybody let's do it let's go oh, i love that yes let's go So this is related to the promoting and helping, and these are the three-word rebellion questions. So I'm going to ask you, what are you rebelling against, Ash? (laughs) You know, when I was reading through your questions, Michelle, I thought about a million things I could say here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you did. I mean, like, yeah, little tiny crop tops were at the top of the list for me, (laughs) first of all. But... uh, Overall, when I had to really step back and take a look at kind of the bigger thing that I rebel against through my work at the Middle Finger Project is really, it's always been about the the misleading construct of authority. It's always been about authority, whether it's in business, whether it's in your writing, whether it's in your life. Um, I think we really believe everybody else to be more an authority on everything in our lives, right? From from which career you should pursue, which guy you should marry, which outfit you should wear, um, you know, whether or not you should have kids, like the list goes on and on. So that for me has been the cornerstone of my work, helping people reevaluate the rules that they're deciding to follow. Yeah, and that's really what your book is about. It is. It's a giant reframe. It's like, have you ever thought to look at it this way? <laughs> uh, I'm a huge fan. There's, there's a, a line in that book that talks about authority only working as long as you trust that someone smarter than you is making the rules. And I think that that is just so true. Without that, if you don't believe that anymore, if you stop believing that everyone else around you has the answers and you're just kind of like grasping for straws, Uh, then authority as a construct kind of dissipates. And so what you're left with is yourself. And I think that's one of the coolest things ever. I love that you said that because that's one of the things that I've kind of noticed, especially in the online business world, is that we're always looking for like the formula, the blueprint, the guru to tell us what to do with our businesses Mm -hmm. instead of like really relying on like, what's right for me in this business? 
Yes. Yes. Start with that. I think that's a, what's right for me. What do I want to be doing? I see so many people opening up one more friggin' Facebook group just because they think they have to do that to sell the thing or they think they have to do that because that's like what people do. It's just a simple example, but it's a really prevalent one because it's like, gosh, you don't actually have to do it. What's the end goal? What do you want? your clients and customers to experience and what do you want to experience and how can you engineer that in a way that feels right for both of you? Yeah. Yeah. If you hate Facebook, you probably shouldn't open a Facebook group. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's only for a certain kind of people. You got to be, you got to be the person who can handle having kind of like the incoming uh, data all the time of people talking to you and having these conversations. And if you have that bandwidth or not, not everybody has that. No, 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 not at all. But it just seems like, oh, well, this is the way you grow the business. <gasps> right. <laughs> and that's not necessarily true. There's so many different ways to grow your business. Yeah. Oh. In my own experience, I've found usually, and I think you could probably relate to this, usually uh, the things that I do that are the complete opposite of what everyone else is doing are instead construed as being very fresh and original and creative by my own clients and my own customers. So it ends up attracting them more because they're like, oh, thank God, not another Facebook group or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. whatever the thing is, you know, having the courage to say, you know, here's how I think we should do it. Yeah. Let's try something a little bit different and see what happens. Yeah. That's, that's a great, it's a great sign of leadership. It's not a sign that you don't know what you're doing. Yes. Ugh. So, so you're rebelling against authority, which I kind of, I kind of love. <laughs> it's, it, right. It's it. It's, it's it. Yeah. I'm like, it's so huge. And it's, it's probably the only, you're probably the only person who's ever given like a real succinct one word answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's the umbrella of everything. It's, you know, it's, it's the authority piece. Gosh, if one more person tells me, uh, you know, how I should do X, Y, or Z, it's like, well, do you, do you actually have an experience doing X, Y, or Z? The dream zappers are the worst. <laughs> oh, they are. What is the change that you want to create in the world? I mean, as a function of that, for me, it's always been helping other people trust in their own ideas. It is simple. I want women, especially women, I call them out because usually they are the ones who are the givers and who are the martyrs. But I want women to start trusting in their own ideas and having conviction in themselves and stop being fixated so much over this notion of success as everyone else defines it and start being fixated on how it actually feels to live their life every day. Um, mm. and, yeah. And, and a big part of that is just simply learning how to be brave enough to cause problems. I think a lot of us are very scared that we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to change anything. We don't want our spouse to be upset. We worry that maybe it's not going to work out, but we have to be brave enough to cause some problems, even if they are our own, in order to get to the next step. Can you tell me about a time you were brave enough to cause some problems? Oh, girl, I'm causing problems <laughs> out here every day. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I've caused, I've caused a lot of problems with my own business in, I would say, the last few years in particular. Mm. Be yeah. I mean, my business and I, we pick fights with one another <laughs> because 
as a steward of my business, there are certain things that I should do when it comes to looking out for our profitability and having the ultimate responsibility for, you know, growing it as much as I can, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes those things that I quote should do to be the most profitable are not the things that I want to do. So Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I always end up pushing back against those things. I really rebel against anything that I'm supposed to do just because uh, if it doesn't feel good, I don't want to do those things. I don't want to offer uh, 10,000 affiliate bonuses if I don't want to actually be doing them. If, you know, even if it means I'm going to sell more, I'm not doing that. Mm. So that's probably my biggest thing. It's not really with a person, but it is with my own business because sometimes my business looks at me and is like, well, you know, (laughs) we could have done X amount, you know, this year. Instead, we didn't because you were over here lollygagging around with your book or whatever I was doing. (laughs) I love how you see your business as this separate entity outside of yourself. I think that's a really healthy <laughs> and, and, and important because it is this separate thing. Yeah, I learned to do that a long time ago when I was first learning how to charge good money for the work that I was doing that I thought was, you know, I was putting my best effort forth. And it's really helpful sometimes to really realize that you are a business owner and you do have this fiscal responsibility to your business. So therefore, you, you know, Michelle or you, Jane, or you, Jenny, you can't actually be running around willy-nilly giving clients all sorts of big discounts and percentages off because you're trying to get the deal. You have to act on the, you know, the behalf of your client, which is your business. So that's how I started thinking about it like that. Oh, that's so good. Like you have to act on the behalf of your client, which is your business. And I think for so many business owners, they don't have that kind of separation in their head. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a weirdo. That's for sure. But I think it's it's so important, especially when we start thinking about charging because, well, especially with imposter syndrome and women and their worth and it all gets you know, messed up with the money stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We don't think about our business as being like the client that we're representing. Yeah. Yeah. That was a kind of a hangover that I had from my advertising sales days because I started off selling something else that wasn't me and it wasn't my idea. So I understood it to be this separate entity and it was easy for me to go into the room and say, well, here's, you know, here's what it costs. This is just it. Everyone knew I didn't have any authority over that number because it wasn't mine. So that's where I think people get really messed up is because now they, you know, you, we all know that you are the business owner and you do have the authority, but um, should you have that authority? I think that's a a question worth pondering. Hmm. Or is it your business has that authority and you've had this discussion with your business about what the price should be? Yeah, I think the business, I think if you have a discussion with your business in the beginning about here's what you offer and here's how much it costs, here's kind of like your, your, your bottom line, here's what it needs to be in order for it to make sense for you to be doing business out there uh, and not taking a loss, I think that that's a great way to approach it. And you kind of have to if you're drawing up, uh, you know, client agreements anyway. It's really helpful for you to know, here's what I do, here's what's included, here's exactly how it's going to work, and here's how much it costs. With, <laughs> right? But most of us yeah. don't have those conversations. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, and kind of going back, you have to be brave enough to do that. <laughs> it's really hard, but I, I think you'll find your clients really respect it when you can come to the table and say with certainty, you know, what something does cost because here's the amount of energy that goes into it. And here I, I'm happy to do it. I'm really excited to do it, but here's what I'm going to require in exchange. They get that confidence from you when you are confident about what you're charging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that confidence go- goes into a part of being like unfuckwithable, right? <laughs> <laughs> two for two. <laughs> I practiced. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Unfuckwithable is the, it's the word. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's really right now with the pandemic, it's breaking my heart to see so many people whose livelihood really has been very much kind of under the thumb of a a corporation or a different person who has the authority to say when you are going to get paid and maybe, you know what, tomorrow you're not. And that's so scary for all of us. Being unfuckwithable for me has been about learning how to um, believe in my own ideas and use them to make my own money. Yes. Well, and I think that's one of the big takeaways of the book, your book for me was that, yeah, believe in your most dangerous idea, like put it out into the world that our ideas have value and you can be that champion of your idea. Yeah. It's so sad when I hear like, well, who, you know, who cares what I think? I hate when I hear that because it's like, oh my gosh, do you think so little of yourself? We care what you think. Your experience on this earth really does matter. Yes. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> yeah, no, this is like one of my very ranty points. Um, it's really funny because I got a one-star review of the three-word rebellion on Amazon from this guy who basically his critique was that the author lives in this Twitter universe where everyone is a thought leader. And I thought about it and I was like, no, I actually believe that everyone is a thought leader. Like, mm. I honestly believe that. That is my bias in this world, that your thoughts have value and you should lead with them. And there's something rolling around your head that could change somebody's life. Totally. I've not, I, you know, I've not lived your life, Michelle. And, and that means that there are certain things I can never possibly know that you will always know that I do not and understand at a different level than I do. And that's just, if we can contribute to the greater conversation, whatever conversations we're interested in having, there's so much value in that. Like without that, what are we doing? We're just walking around all of us with blinders on. Yes, 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 yes. And it's just, seeing that our thoughts and our ideas are worthy and putting them out like and not believing the authority figures that told us that they weren't (laughs) oh those authorities yeah there's a few in my book that I talk about and just um Mm -hmm. you know it's, it's it's in other people's interest to keep you small because that's how they maintain their their power and that sucks it does it really does So my last question for you is always the biggest question. (laughs) So if everyone acted on the change you want to create in the world, what do you think the world would be like? (laughs) Brad Pitt would be very busy. (laughs) (laughs) He'd have a lot of people to make out with. (laughs) 
Uh, you know, I think, I, I think a lot of things would change, really. I mean, I think, first of all, a lot of this chronic boredom and this kind of like sense of existential angst that so many of us experience about, you know, whether or not you're living up to your potential, what you want to do with your life. I think a lot of that would be minimized because when you're actually taking action, you're trusting in your own ideas and you're just going out there with conviction, uh, you, you feel like you're working towards something. So you cannot possibly be bored, which mm. is lovely. Yes. Yep. I, think, uh, I think our economy would be transformed in a lot of ways because – the more people who act on their, what I call dangerous ideas, uh, you know, the more businesses get started, the more projects, the more organizations, the more people who are out there helping other people. That can't go wrong. That can't. Um, Love it. Yeah. But I think my biggest thing with this is really just that by trusting in your own ideas and having the courage to cause some problems and actually get out there and try to help and try to be useful to other people. And yes, in exchange for money, I think that this as a whole would transform our relationship to money as we know it. And I think that instead of looking at it as this thing that's kind of always just just out of our reach, this thing that's bestowed upon us at someone else's whim, it becomes something that we're in control of. It becomes a part of us. It becomes a part of our, I'm going to say the word ecosystem. That's a dumb word right now, but I'm going to say yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it. It becomes like a part, it becomes way more natural and, and second skin to you, I think, this idea of money. And I think you have a much healthier relationship mm. when you when you feel like you do have some control over it as opposed to it just being this like external thing that someone is dangling over your head like a, like a carrot and I yes. think there's right there's some power there like imagine if we all believed that we could have anything we wanted like imagine the kinds of things that we would create out there mm. right yes and we're not we're not oh we're so scared yeah and, and it's scary right now but we will get through it and we do have the power to create yeah, it, t- it takes a lot of emotional energy. I will say that. But that's more than anything. It doesn't take, um, you know, a resume. It doesn't take 10 years of work experience. It doesn't take someone else giving you the job. But it does take the emotional energy for you to get out there and say, okay, here's how I'm going to lead today. Here's what I would like to help you with, with the world with. Here's how I think I can I can step up. And what happens when you do that is that, you do find a way to create value. When you create value, other people do want to give you money for it. So that's, that's just kind of like how economics work. <laughs> and it's a great thing if you can, if you can actually do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Ash, tell everyone where they can find you, they can find the book and all that good stuff. Yeah, well, we have been rocking over at the Middle Finger Project website since 2009, my friends. So it is there. You, you can't miss us if you Google anything related to the Middle Finger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm everywhere. You can go to the website. We're doing some fun new stuff besides the book. Obviously, the book is my baby, though. If you want to do anything, if you want to read anything that's going to just light a fire right underneath your armpits, definitely go get the Middle Finger Project book. And then uh, come hang out with us on the website. I, enter your email address because that's where I do all of the, the coaching and the thinking via, via the email inbox. 
Yes. And I have been on your newsletter list for, oh, about a billion years. <laughs> now. It has been. I know. I'm super old. I can't even like look cool with the young kid hipsters anymore. I look like an old lady. <laughs> I know. I know. And the val, like, oh gosh, there's so many great, like, it's one of the emails that I always open in my inbox because there's always just some, like, a little gem in there or something that makes me smile or makes me feel good. So I highly recommend <laughs> if you're not on Ash's email list already to do that at the very least and to get her book because it feels like you're having a conversation with her over a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. It is an excellent book that I quite enjoyed. So thank you so much, Ash, for being on the podcast. I've loved this conversation. Michelle, I love you and I could talk to you for 13 years. <laughs> well, let's do that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> when we're all 70 years old, I'll be like, remember the days when we had the websites at the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Rising Podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it valuable, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you leave us a review, you help more people find the show. For more information on working with me on your three-word rebellion messaging or your keynote speech and speaker marketing, go to drmichellemazur.com. See you next time, Rebel Riser. Rebel Riser.